everyone. Welcome back to the Fancy Scientist podcast. If this is the first episode you've ever watched or listened to, this one is going to be a little bit different. It's an episode that is definitely relevant for those who are interested in careers in wildlife, but honestly, a lot of the lessons here refer to life in general, and it's not going to be as much about nature in this episode. It's going to be more of a life assessment. When I give advice to young wildlife professionals or those aspiring to go into this career, I always tell them to reverse engineer it, to start with the end in mind. That's a quote from Stephen Covey from the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But what if you don't know what the end looks like? I do have tools for you. I have the job tracker. But what if you don't know what you want? Even if you know what the end looks like, you're not sure if you want it or which ones you want. I've talked to so many students who they have different options and they want different things. Or what happens if you wanted something, you thought you wanted something and you went along and went after it and then you realized maybe you want something else. And if you decide to pursue that other thing, what does that mean about you? And who are we really when it comes to our careers? These are some big questions that I am going to explore today, really finding out who you are and what you really want, how to know if you're on the right track, And maybe this episode will give you some permission to really go after what you want. I'm recording this episode because it's a really personal one for me and I just feel like I need to talk about it. I've had a lot of life changes, a lot of professional changes, And for me right now, I'm experiencing a restart for for lots of reasons that I'll get into in the podcast episode. But these are some of the questions that I have really been thinking about lately. Who am I professionally? What do I want? What does it mean about me if I change what I decide to go after? And This podcast will definitely give you some perspective. It will give you lots of unconventional advice, but it's great advice. Just because it's unconventional doesn't mean it's not good. In fact, it's some of the best advice that I've given. I always always give you guys the best advice. I don't ever hold back. You won't hear this from your professors. You won't hear this in other science podcasts. So this is an episode all about figuring out who you really are. Welcome to the Fancy Scientist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, an unconventional wildlife biologist who never fit the scientist stereotype. In this podcast, I share with you my insights as a scientist and offer you real talk on wildlife research, conservation, and advice on this unusual career. Being a wildlife biologist is not what you think it is. Join me to learn what science is really like and how to become the best version of yourself so you can thrive, effectively conserve nature, and enjoy this beautiful life we share with so many other beings. Let's get started. For the first big change that I want to talk about in my life, I want to introduce you to somebody. I want to introduce you to Dr. Stephanie Manka. No, she's not my other scientist friend who happens to have my first name. First name. She's me. I decided to change my name. And one of my friends actually sent me a text. And she's like, did you get married? I didn't know. No, it was the opposite. I got divorced. 
And this was a huge decision for me. Obviously, to get the divorce was a huge decision, but to change my name. I changed my name when I got married in 2010. And now it's a lot more common for people to not change their names. In fact, at least in in my world and in the science world, it seems like most people keep their names. Most and and I at the time it was kind of on the verge of changing. People definitely did keep their names, but it also wasn't uncommon to change your name. I decided to change my name because I really wanted to f- to, sh- to form a full on partnership with my with my then husband. I wanted to be a united front. We weren't going to have children, so it didn't really matter from that perspective. But anyways, I changed my name. And a big decision with my divorce was, what do I do about my name? I I liked Stephanie Shuttler. I, I liked the alliteration of it, and I really thought about keeping it because it's my whole professional career. StephanieShuttler.com is my website. That's actually the base website. I tell you guys to search FancyScientist.com all the time, but that just redirects you to StephanieShuttler.com. All of my publications, except for my beginning ones, are Shuttler. So my whole entire professional career, my dissertation diploma is, or my PhD diploma is in Shuttler. So a lot of people would probably call me stupid or think it's stupid for me to change my name back. But in this episode, what I hope you are going to get from it is to listen to yourself. When we're making decisions, oftentimes, and I am, I was huge on this, this is something that I'm working on unlearning, is we make really logical decisions based on what makes sense, based on the facts. I have my publications in Shuttler. I have my website in Shuttler. Therefore, I shouldn't change my name. It would be a terrible professional move. People know me as Stephanie Shuttler. But it just didn't feel right. And honestly, Shuttler never felt right when it came to my professional career in general. And this is this is my word of advice. I rarely regret things in life, but I really do regret changing my name. And the reason why is because my parents were the one who fostered such an interest in wildlife with me. We would go explore my backyard, explore the woods by my house. We didn't have a really rural area, so this would be a lot of suburban wildlife. And my parents really taught me to be interested in nature. We read nature books. I remember the National Geographic nature books that I read. And they're the ones who really did this. And they also supported me along the way. They they thought this career was wonderful. They thought what I was doing was wonderful. They were there for me during my highs and my lows. When I got my, my, my PhD degree, I did feel bad about it being Shuttler. And I kind of had wished that it was Manka because Manka reflected my family's and their investment in me. So if you're out there and thinking about changing your name, this is this is my perspective. So take what you want from it, but I really wish I had not changed my name. So this period in my life honestly feels like kind of a rebirth for lots of reasons. My name is a really obvious one. I got divorced. With the divorce, I moved, and I moved for a couple of reasons because my house was really big for for myself. It was just too much for me to, to take care of, so I would have had to have moved anyway. And I met someone. I met someone so, so amazing. And it is crazy how fast it happened. It wasn't intentional. I was super excited to date and and get back out there. And I met someone amazing right away who checked all of the boxes, who had 
who had, I shouldn't even say check all my boxes, exceeded my boxes. I didn't even know a relationship could be this great. But he lived in the Chicago area and I did this through a dating app. I was new to dating app and I didn't realize he lived in Chicago. He, he came up in my, in my Bumble feed. Anyway, we had been together now for over a year and I decided to move here. And this was huge. This is huge. So I am here from my new home. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm in a plain room. I will be decorating it and making it really great for this channel. And if I sound a little bit more echoey, that is why. So I am going through a major change right now because I've moved to a new place, which is super exciting, but also kind of scary. I, I didn't want to move for the longest time. In fact, that was a big reason why I had a difficult time finding a permanent job because I did not want to move. I really, really wanted to stay in the, in the Raleigh area. I loved being in Raleigh. But I think part of the reason why I love Raleigh so much and I loved other aspects of living there, like I really loved my home, is because I was, I was deficient in other areas of my life, mostly my, my relationship. Anyway, around 2020, or, to, or in 2020, it wasn't around 2020, I also left my career kind of officially as a scientist and I'm going to say kind of because we're going to explore really what that means but I had been working really hard since 2003 or 2002 actually when I knew I wanted to become a wildlife biologist when I knew I wanted to become a wildlife biologist it was like okay Got to get experience. I volunteered in school in a lab. Then I did internships. Then I was like, I got to go to graduate school. I did my PhD. Then it was, I got to get my job. Well, I couldn't land a permanent job right away, so I did a postdoc. I was super lucky. did an awesome postdoc that lasted five years. And then I could not find a permanent job that I wanted in Raleigh. I'm sure I could have found other jobs that were that were tangential to wildlife, but the jobs that I really wanted, there was always somebody just slightly more experienced than me. And at the same time, I was blogging and stuff and doing science communication, so I decided to pursue that full time. My my grant ended and I just decided to stop looking for jobs. I really loved blogging and I also loved helping people mentor with this career and I loved science education and wildlife education, nature education. Therefore, I decided this is the career that I that I want. And with this has just been some major identity work for me and I don't even I do have an outline of this podcast I don't know exactly what I'm going to say because this is really personal but I just want to reflect on what it's like to have made that change and where I'm going and there will be lessons for you takeaways for you that you can apply to your own life but as a scientist, as a, a researcher, we spend so much of our time towards our careers. For us, it is more than a career. With my friends, it would it would be hard to talk to them sometimes because they would be like, what'd you do this weekend? And I was like, oh, I worked. And I really don't work because I'm a super workaholic. Yes, we do have, we do feel that external pressure, but I honestly love what I do now. I really love it. So for me, working is fun. Like blogging is like a fun activity to do. Working on my website is fun. Working on social media is fun. And my friends, they would just have jobs that they would get that they would get money for and they would clock in and out. And I wasn't like that. And I know all of you out there are also not like that because if you pursue a career in wildlife, it, it can be a challenging road or it is a challenging road. We don't get paid that well. There's a lot of jobs where people still are overworked. 
but we have real rewards and this is a mission driven field we are we are drawn to this we know this is what we want this is our life's purpose and in some cases that can be really defined like i want to be a scientist i want to work on xyz but for a lot of people they don't know exactly how they want to fulfill their life's purpose and that has kind of been my conundrum since in the midst of my postdoc I started to realize I was really good at outreach I was really good at education I loved working with kids I loved teaching people but I didn't want to be a teacher in the conventional sense and I, I didn't I didn't want to be a professor and I was feeling unsure about the research route because it didn't come as naturally to me as as the education and the outreach side did. And with research, people see a lot of pictures of people going into the field, collecting data. Once you're past your PhD, you're writing papers, you're writing grants, you're doing data analysis. So you're not as much in the field. You're, I was rarely in the field. So just to give you guys an idea of where I was. And things were very academic. And I went into this field because I really wanted to make a difference. I really wanted to impact conservation. And although I was super interested in writing scientific papers, I still am. I'm super interested in the theory. I didn't, I wasn't seeing that conservation impact. And at least with the education, with the social media, I could see the connection. In fact, I was just reading an article in Scientific American about snakes and about how, I, I don't know if he was a scientist or not. I don't think he was. But he started this Facebook group and there have been differences. He's noticed differences in people from starting this Facebook group about snakes and snake identification. I think it was in Texas. And he was having a re he was making a real difference in people's lives from people who hated snakes, were scared of snakes, wanted to kill snakes to people now who maybe they didn't love snakes, but at least they respected snakes and weren't going to kill them. That's a real conservation impact when you make a difference on people's lives and they're not going to kill these these important beings but for me I was publishing papers and again I wasn't really seeing the conservation connection and even I had a couple of papers that had more real world conservation connections and I inquired to scientists okay can we like present these these results to the local government how can we get these results out there and it was it was not our job that that was the message that was relayed to me it's not our job our job is to the to do the research to be a non an unbiased source and leave it up to other people to do that well, the problem is there's not a lot of other people out there to do it. There's there's just not a lot of money in conservation work and there's not a lot of positions. So a lot of times it doesn't get done. We don't have the resources to do it. So that was a long way of saying that I am no longer actively getting paid for research. Yes, I have science projects to finish up, publications to finish up that I keep on saying I plan on finishing up and I will, but I'm no longer being paid a salary. I make my own money through my business, which is through a series of things, but mostly through career mentoring. I have been toying then with this idea of like who I am and it's really important to separate yourself as a person from your career. You are more than your career. You're not your career. But again, as I go back, I think for us, it's especially difficult because we believe it is such a mission-driven career. We are so intertwined in it. We give so much to it. And when I separate myself from my career, I really, I have a lot of those components still in me. I am somebody who deeply cares about nature, feels really connected to nature, who really cares about the environment and feels connected. And that is, is my professional side as well. So they're intertwined. And I've just been thinking about this. If I am not actively working on research or coming up with new research am I still a scientist and I know I am I have 
lots of publications out there. I have over 20 publications to demonstrate my value as a scientist. And you don't even necessarily need to have publications to be to participate in science science. I do I do think as a scientist being part of well, I guess you don't need necessarily peer-reviewed publications, but publications in some aspect. And there is an episode, a podcast episode when I where I talk about what is science really. And it is hard to define, but science is or what is a what do scientists do? Something like that. I'll put the link in the show notes. It really does involve active research. A lot of people get this perception that we just kind of like read about animals or like make some observations and like, you know, write about them. But it's really about conducting active research. So I do think I'm still a scientist, but my role is different because I'm not doing the same role I was doing before. My my major tasks are no are no longer research and publication. And again, I hope to add that back to my plate, but and but I with this business, I I do have to support myself financially. And it requires other things other than than publications, obviously. And I've just also been thinking about so with so with that, I've been thinking about like who who am I professionally? Am I a scientist? And am I a career mentor? And I I love career mentoring, but I also don't feel that I am a straight up career mentor. Like that's going to be my only thing. And I I want to be more than that. I want to be bigger than that. And another thing I really love to do as part of my career mentoring is stuff like this. Stuff that goes beyond just the the tips for scientists or the 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 path scientists the advice for scientists to go on, how to figure things out, the technical advice. I'm here for the larger, for the deeper meaning, to really help people connect to who they are, to see who they are, because that is so lacking in our world. I want I want people to believe in themselves, to believe they can do it, and to turn off those voices that are telling them that they can't, to overcome imposter syndrome that's rampant in our field, to really overcome it and to, to really develop the mindset to believe in themselves and tune the other voices out, to really rewire their brain. Those are things I am highly interested in and are part of my mission. So I absolutely want to continue the mentoring. I love mentoring. I love working with the members of my programs. I started a new program and I have a new free training that's all about job applications. So I'm not quitting on that. But when I focus just on mentoring, it makes me miss the the science side. And then I'm wondering, am I an educator as well? Because I have my blog and I love writing blog posts and articles and making YouTube videos about different animals or things that happen in nature. And again, I still miss the science side, even though it's encompassing science. I miss the research side when I do this. Or am I a writer? I I wrote Getting a Job in Wildlife Biology, and I also was invited to write two books, one children's book, one it's an it's for younger readers, but it's or, or it, younger readers can read it, but it's really for all sorts of readers. One on backyard wildlife, and I love doing those. I really love doing my first book of Earth. And when I finished, I told myself I was going to do more of that. So what am I? I don't know, but this is what I'm I'm figuring out, and. I just wanted to talk about what I am doing to to figure that out and for you guys to maybe use some similar tactics to figure out what it is you want to do in your careers. And you can do this also non-professionally too, like to figure out who you really are. One of the things that I have done is created values for my my company and I just want to share with you that one of my values is to is to for for my for the staff for the team to be a fancy scientist to in, embody the fancy scientist energy 
And again, this is like, who am I? So I had to think about like, what exactly is a fancy scientist? The definitions that I came up with, well, scientist is somebody who collects data, looks at it objectively, analytically, they're curious, they ask good questions, they run experiments. And in my case, a scientist represents nature and wildlife and being environmentally conscious because that's the kind of scientist that I am. Not all scientists are that, obviously. And then for the fancy side, fancy is about, and the way that I interpret it in my case, is really about being unexpected and unconventional. Because when you think of a wildlife biologist, people tend to think of like park rangers and almost kind of like what hunters look like. And I don't look like that. If you are on YouTube, you can see what I look like. So I really want to tap into that unconventional, unexpected side, lover of beautiful things and glamour and fun, obviously fancy things, but you can't use, you can't use fancy in the definition of fancy. That doesn't make sense. So that, that, the aesthetics, I really care about aesthetics. I love aesthetics. Okay. So I just want to talk. So I, that was kind of a side note, but I've been thinking about like, like who I am from a company standpoint and then also who I am in terms of where I want to go with my career. And before we end on this note of me, quote unquote, leaving science, science, who are we when we leave science or when we decide not to get a PhD or a master's? And what does that mean about us? It doesn't mean anything about you. So let's not attach meaning to that. And the reason why I particularly want to say this is because in research, in academia, people make you feel like you failed if you leave research. Nobody has directly said this to me, but when I talk about this with other people, they feel the same way. It's kind of this unsaid sentiment that research is like prime. And if you don't have a research career, it's like, it's like, oh, science education is like a backup or social media or science communication. Did I say science communication? Science communication, science education, they're like backups. It's like if you didn't make it in research, then you can do this. And it's not as much like, oh, if you didn't like it in research, it's more of you didn't make it. So I want to make sure that everyone out there knows that you're not a failure if you decide to change your career, if you decide to go a different route. And I've even had one of my members in my program, they accepted a new job in natural resources. They are so much happier and they're actually doing conservation work. They're actually doing work on herbs, which is what they wanted to do, but they're not officially in the wildlife division and they kind of feel like like it's a deviation from wildlife because it doesn't have that word. So let's not let other people's perspectives and what other people want influence our decisions. I've also talked to so many people who have told me, and this is what I felt as well, that there's like one way to become a wildlife biologist and they expect you to do the next step. Like you graduate, then you get your master's and you get your PhD and nobody tells you about these outside options. And in my case, I really felt like I should have gotten a master's because most of the jobs that I was interested in were really at the master's level. So don't, don't just follow the next step. I really want you guys to pause and think in your life. Think of your life as if it were a midlife crisis. <laughs> I don't want to use the word crisis because that, that insinuates it's something bad. But people, they like around my age in their 40s are like, oh, like what am I doing with my life? I have one life to live. What am I doing? I want you to have that mentality because you do only have one life to live. But use this as an opportunity to awaken to what it is that you truly want, no matter what age you are, no matter what stage you are in life. So how am I doing that? What I'm really focusing on, and this is really tough for me, it's not natural, is being in alignment. Actually, I should say it's natural, but it's not natural for me to listen to it. I, through most of my life, I have listened to to experts and to professionals who have been in a place where I want to be, them telling me what I should do. And yes, you should 100% get 
expert opinion. And I tell my, my members that of my programs to make sure that you talk to people who have the kinds of jobs that you want to, to get information. But once you have the information, listening to what it is that you want. And this is, this is something that happened in, that's been happening in my business is I have all these different business advice from different entrepreneurs and I've adopted it, but sometimes it just doesn't feel right. So alignment is, the definition is a position of agreement or alliance. So with who? With yourself. This requires you to really listen to yourself, to really understand yourself. So I have been doing that. Ever since 2020, I enrolled in this self-development course that really changed my life. And it has been a deep dive into myself, really understanding what it is I want, who I am, the layers of my past, how they impacted me, whose voices those were that that were that were making those decisions for me. Who was I letting influence my life and how it's impacting me and removing those layers. I just read a book by Gabby Bernstein. What is it called? The name is escaping me. I think it's happier, happier days or happy days. And she talks about trauma. And actually, when I worked with my therapist, my therapist told me that I suffered from trauma. And I also took a Rockstar's test with a different therapist years before. And I was also told I suffer from trauma. And that floored me because I had a great family my parents were always there for me. My my mom stayed at home. I was, you know, raised in a very loving family. And nothing 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 traumatic happened to me. I thank God I didn't have any experience where I was robbed or mugged or any sort of sexual assault. So when they said I had trauma, I couldn't believe it. But Gabby talks about how there is trauma with a big T and trauma with a little T. And we all have at least some kind of trauma. If somebody bullies us when we're young, that's trauma. So where was I going with this? So I have been examining that trauma and how it has impacted me. And this trauma stays with you and it does impact you. And just also thinking about what do I want to do here on earth? I only have one life to live, as I mentioned. And what do I want my legacy to be? What, do, what kind of mark do I, I want to, to make? So how do you find out what you want? One thing that helps is knowing what you don't want. Polarity equals clarity. And I had something happen to me recently that was pretty awful. It was a bad situation to be in. I got called out on social media in a way that was not my intention. And something was taken to be in a way that I did not mean it to be at all. And I understand totally how that person felt. And seeing the way that person felt on my screen, written, wrote, written, what they wrote about me and what other people wrote about me, lots of nasty things about me, made me realize this is not who I want to be. And this is different than letting other people's opinions affect me. I read those comments. I read all the comments because I... I'm actually at a point where I can separate myself from from other people's opinions. I'm really quite comfortable doing with what doing what I want to do and not letting other people affect me. This one was really hard though. It was really hard because like I said there were some nasty things said about me. But I looked at it objectively and I was like does this reflect who I am? The fancy scientist that I am, like what I read from from those definitions and the things that I want to do. I really want to spread kindness. I really want to empower people. And I felt like it didn't. So not only is polarity clarity, I realized like that was not what I wanted to be, but life 
also gives you these opportunities they pre- it presents mirrors to you. This was a literal mirror. I was looking at my screen. I was looking at a screenshot of of me, my little like icon and from Facebook and I saw a reflection of what I did. So I realized I didn't want this. So where in your life? This is a question that you can write down for yourself. What in your life are you experiencing right now that you don't want to experience anymore? What do you not like? And you can do this personally, professionally, and you can also do this with your past jobs as well. What did you hate about this this position? What did you love about this position? And knowing what you don't like helps you figure out what you do like. So that is one way to go about things. And with my business, again, taking that advice from those different entrepreneurs and trying different things and then taking a step back and being like, does this, does this really resonate with me? Is this me? Is this in alignment of who I want to be? Strategies work, they do, but ultimately listen to yourself because you know who you are, you know your audience the best too. And if you have a voice tugging at you saying that this is not right, this doesn't feel good, listen to that. That's what I have been working on doing, which again, I am not used to to doing. And another thing, I've talked about this in podcasts that I dealt on vision, on creating big visions for yourself at the beginning of the year, is to ask yourself good questions. And actually asking questions is super important. I recently was chatting with, with somebody in my Facebook group and they I was asking them questions. They were telling me they weren't feeling good about their work-life balance and I was asking them questions. And I didn't even give them advice. I was just asking them questions, like how this made them feel, what kinds of things did they want that they weren't getting. And they were like, oh my gosh, I've had such clarity around this. Thank you so much. This is just from a simple Facebook chat. And if you go to my social media, you can see the the caption. He let me post it. So ask yourself good questions. So here are, these are probably my favorite, my three favorite questions. And if you go to the vision sheet or the vision podcast, I have a downloadable sheet that you can use to work on these. And most of these questions are in there. I think the genie one is not. But if you had a billion dollars, so money is no longer an issue. You have a billion dollars. You don't need to make money. What would you do with your life? What would you do on a day-to-day purpose, day-to-day, day-to-day basis? What would your life purpose be? And I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, oh, I would travel. But trust me, travel gets boring. You can't travel every single day. I mean, I guess you can, but you but it lacks meaning, it lacks significance. You're, you're, you're going to want to have something to work towards. That's really what happiness, where happiness comes from, is having a passion. And they've done studies on this with, with people in the, in the, what are they called, the blue zones where people live to be over 100. The, there's like high concentrations of people living over 100 years. And it's, it's yes, like money counts for happiness in terms of making end meet, ends meet. But once you get to a certain point, it's really about your relationships and your life's passion. And it doesn't have to be a gigantic passion. I was reading an article in National Geographic on these zones and like somebody's passion was diving for clams in Japan. And another one was a, was a fisherman in Costa Rica. And that, that was their passion. So it doesn't have to be this, this whole like change the world passion. It can be a simple, I love, I love doing these dives. I love coming home and supporting my family and being with my family and doing it in the ocean every single day. And Yes, you can take time to travel, absolutely. But I've I've seen people, I've talked to people who have taken time off. They've been off for six months when when they, they quit their jobs and they decided to travel for six months and they just they just traveled around Malaysia. I happened to be in Malaysia at the time or Southeast Asia. And they got bored because they would just like go to their hotels and watch movies at night. And you could just tell they kind of got bored. So so yeah, you can travel, but I know because you were drawn to this career, because you're listening to this podcast, that there is some deeper thing that you want to pursue. So answer that question. 
Another one, if no one's opinion mattered and nothing bad would happen to you or anyone that you know, what kind of life would you create? What would you do? What are the kinds of things that you would do if social media didn't exist? If people weren't judging you if you left science? Yeah, if your professors didn't know your next career move. Maybe you want to leave science completely and you want to go into art or you want to become an actor or you want to write kids books. What would you do if if nobody would laugh at you? There's a saying that first first they laugh at you and then like once you do it and you're successful then they ask you how you did it people might laugh at you people don't get what I'm doing people ask me all the time how is it going and they ask me questions about supporting myself financially and it's it's been a struggle to get there this is this is new for me and it's risky and people think it's crazy And whatever it is crazy, but I'm having fun and I only live one life and I'm making it work and I am willing to take that risk. And then the last one is if you had a genie and unlimited wishes, what would you wish for? So just spend some time answering these questions and have fun and dream big. Nobody's going to read these answers. Don't be afraid to dream big. We are often taught to be realistic. Stop being realistic and just start having fun and dream big. There are so many people who do unrealistic things. What if we told people, oh, be realistic. You can't go to the moon. And same thing with going to Mars now. You know, like people are saying, oh, it's unrealistic. But in the future, it won't be unrealistic. So break down those barriers and just have fun. And then... Another thing when you're making decisions is to feel into it. Listen to your intuition. And like I said, this is something that has been really, really hard for me, but I am learning how to do it. And there was a case recently where I leaned into my intuition and it was super, I'm super happy that I did that. So this has to do with my health. I have, I do have restless leg syndrome. I was diagnosed with it when I have fatigue issues or I did have more fatigue issues and I went to a sleep lab and they diagnosed me with it. But since 2020, my legs have been like spasming really bad and it's really uncomfortable. So I've been seeing a neurologist and they're just like, oh, it's restless leg syndrome. You know, it's genetic. Nobody knows what causes it. And I just felt like that wasn't true. I felt like there there was a cause of it. There was something deeper. I felt the same thing about my migraine headaches. I would get really bad migraine headaches. And doctors would be like, oh, just write down what you ate and like try to trigger it or try to figure out the triggers and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, this is these are headaches are so bad. This is more than this. With my headaches, I went to a functional medicine doctor and I found out that it was mercury poisoning. I, my amalgams were wearing down and, and they were getting into my system. I was eating high quantities of fish and I had a mercury toxicity. And I was also using all sorts of products. Some of them can have higher, higher metal toxic, heavy metal toxicities. So I changed all my makeup and everything. And now I never get headaches. So with my restless leg, I'm new here, so I need to get a new doctor. And I told my doctor this. I was like, I, I'm being treated for restless leg, but I just don't feel either that it's it or that that's the cause of it. I feel like something deeper is going on. And she asked me questions. And it eventually came out that I slipped my discs in, in graduate school. So if you're in school right now, Make sure you work on your posture, go to the gym, lift, lift weights, take care of yourself because I slipped my disc just from like having poor posture and being hunched over at a computer. I did, oh God, this is going to be a long podcast, but I did have pain. There were warning signals and I was frustrated that doctors didn't help me with that. They're just like, oh, it's, you know, you just need to go to a chiropractor and blah, blah, blah. And they didn't help me. But anyway, I slipped my disc. And so I told that this came out to my doctor and she's like, did anyone do an MRI on you? And I said, no. 
So I had my MRI done and not only do I have bulging discs and there's like compression, but I also have a fracture in my vertebrae and my L4. So I listened to myself. I listened to the deep feeling within myself that something was off and I'm so happy I did. I'm so happy that I advocated myself for myself. And another thing I want to talk about is this one time I heard on a Tim Ferriss podcast interview about pros and cons about like he asked his guest if she made a pros and cons list and she said no. And he was like, why not? And, and she's like, because I feel that if I were to make a pros and cons list, I'm either convincing myself to not do something that to not do something that I that I want to do or to do something that I don't want to do. So she really listened to her intuition, to her instinct and didn't use that logical side, that 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 logical list making. Really just trusted what she wanted. So feel more and think about things less. And then finally, the last thing I want to the last piece of advice I want to give you is It's also, and this is something I'm listening to for myself, it's also okay to not know and to live in the uncertainty. We all want to know the answers. We all want to know our next steps, but it's okay if we don't have the answers right now. That's what I'm being okay with. I have some direction, but I'm also okay with some uncertainty. And trust. Trust that things will work out for us. Everything in my life has worked out so far and even the things I didn't get, I'm happy I didn't get them because it's led me down a different path that I'm super happy about. So trust that things are working out to your highest good. Stop worrying. Have trust that that things will work out for you, that life is happening for you. Okay, Those are my tips to summarize. I did add, because I talked about, we're we're talking about this episode, finding out what you really want. So it is important to find out, to research, to understand your career options. That is super important. I didn't talk about that much. But research your careers. Check out the job tracker. That is huge. It's on my website. Just search job, job tracker. And it will help you understand. It's a tool to help you understand the careers out there because so many people go through this 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 career, this training, and then they get to the end and they're like, oh crap, I didn't get this experience. One of my members, he is a master's student. He wrote to me this email before he signed up for my program that he's like, I found out after seven years of going to school that I needed X, Y, Z, and now I have to go back and get that experience. So don't let that happen to you. Look at the jobs now. The job tracker will help you. Polarity equals clarity. Look at your past experiences. Look at what you're doing right now. See what you don't like and how that can help you give you clarity on what you do like and what you do want. Constantly ask yourself if you are in alignment. Does this feel good to you? Is this in agreement with you? Tap into your body. How does your body feel? We are so much in our heads. Listen to your body. Your body has wisdom. And it's it's physiologically, your thoughts lead to emotions, which leads to physiological responses in your body. And it has carryover because we're constantly thinking different things. So listen to what's going on in your body and how it feels. Listen for what's right beyond your logical mind. And then the last thing is to trust, trust yourself. I have this deep knowing, just like I did for for my legs, that something was wrong. I mean, I don't have this deep knowing that something's wrong with me. Just like I had for my legs that something was wrong with them, I had that deep knowing. For my career, I have this deep knowing that I was meant for, for something great. I'm pulled in this career direction. I can't even quite describe it. It's career mentor. It's science educator. It's scientist. It's wildlife expert. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's something and I know I'm being pulled towards it. And I am leaning into that feeling, even if it's, even if it's risky, even if it's not a straight linear path, 
I am leaning into that. And it's entrepreneurial too. It's a mix of all these different things. But did did Jane Goodall always, is she still a chimpanzee researcher? She's not in the field. She's out talking about chimpanzees now. Her life has never been a straight trajectory. Did she know she was going to be the chimpanzee researcher? Did she know where her life was going to take her? Did the just look at different examples and where people's lives take them. So lean in to what you're feeling and I give you permission to explore that. And if people think you're crazy, who cares? Crazy is good. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have an amazing day. Be kind to animals, to nature, and be kind to each other. Love you guys. Bye. Are you an aspiring or struggling wildlife biologist, ecologist, conservation biologist, or anyone interested in a career with wildlife? Join our community, the Getting a Job in Wildlife Biology Facebook group. Based on my book, Getting a Job in Wildlife Biology, What It's Like and What You Need to Know, this Facebook group is designed to connect, support, and inspire future and current wildlife professionals or those who can't get a job. Come for daily affirmations to lead you to career success, job postings, and profiles of professionals in cool jobs. If you're struggling, feel stuck, lost, confused, or are just worried about this career, reach out to me at stephanie at fancyscientist.com to schedule a free clarity call. I've talked to over 100 aspiring wildlife professionals and those struggling to get a job, and they've told me what I also experienced. Degrees alone do not prepare you for wildlife careers. You need the right combination of experience, education, network, and skills to land the job you want. You also need to be able to convey that on a job application and sell yourself to the employer. I've looked at over 100 cover letters and interviewed graduates. I can tell you for sure they are selling themselves short, not listing all of their expertise and not marketing themselves effectively. I've talked to potential students who have dynamic personalities and sound so knowledgeable and experienced in person, but when I look at their resumes or CVs, none of that is reflected. If what you have been doing is not working, it's not all of a sudden going to start working. It's time to make a change. If you want to get your dream job in the fastest way possible, schedule a Zoom meeting with me today. No matter what stage of your career you are at, from high school student to graduate searching for jobs, I can help you. It is never too early or late to start. If this episode helped you or someone you know, make sure to tag me on Instagram at fancy underscore scientist and share this podcast with your community to continue spreading the word and reach more people. Also, be sure to leave a review on iTunes to receive extra positive vibes and love from me. Plus, you'll be helping me reach even more people with this important message. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you.